0: God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me today. Stranger, acquaintance, friendship, relationship, family. These words describe the range of complete lack of connection to complete connection. We can be very well connected on a small scale, such as best friends or a small group of friends, or a small family, and we can be connected to a larger group such as an extended family or a local community. But what is it that connects us? There is the old saying that blood is thicker than water. The shared blood of an extended family or as some societies use the word clan or tribe. What blood clan or tribe are you connected to? There is one family to which you can be connected by blood that surpasses all the rest, one family that is global, one family that is united by the greatest victory of all, the victory over death and sin, by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By his blood we are bought into the family of God. Understanding the victory of the cross and the shedding of the blood of Jesus brings great deliverance and blessing to your life. The observance of the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion is not a ritual. It is a remembrance and partnering with his victory over death and sin. If you want to know more about the victory of his blood, give a listen. The blood of Jesus signifies his death. His death signifies his sacrifice that paid for the sin of the world. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can bind together two peoples from two different nations a world apart, which is what Jesus Christ accomplished for Jew and Gentile, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Jew and Gentile were separated by the law. The Gentiles were the ones who were far off. Through sacrifice, the Jews were temporarily cleansed. The Gentiles, they were outcast. But the blood of Jesus' sacrifice has changed all that. The world has been reconciled to God through Jesus. Throughout Scripture, the mention of blood is somewhat dominant, and for a good reason. It is because that the life of the flesh is in blood, according to Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the souls. When Adam and Eve sinned and broke their relationship with God, their blood became tainted by what I call a blood virus, which in reality is sin. All of mankind now lives under the sin of Adam and Eve, who, at their fall, needed something to make atonement for their souls. Atonement means to cleanse or reconcile. Though God expelled them from Eden, he immediately made a means to temporarily repair the broken relationship and taught them about blood atonement. This appears in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. In this verse we see the first blood sacrifice. To make a coat of skins, something has to die and has to bleed. In this verse we see that something was missing in the lives of Adam and Eve. God had to do something to cover them. To atone for them. Their original covering was his spirit. When Genesis speaks of Adam and Eve dying, it is the loss of God's spirit as their covering. In this verse we see God teaching Adam and Eve how a blood sacrifice would cover them. But that is God's old way of doing things. Now he has established a new means by which we can be united with him. It is the blood of Jesus. It was red. It was sinless. From it, my life became endless. It is the power to make the contact true, the sign of the sacrifice that made me new. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the agent that has cleansed me. Justified from sin, it has saved me. The joy of peace it has brought to my heart, bought by it and given a new start. It is the blood of Jesus. Redeemed, justified, sanctified in its flow, not just covered, but cleansed, whiter than snow. My conscience from dead works it has purged, identified through it with Christ I have merged. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the power of the covenant to bind and make fast, brought into the family, by it no longer an outcast. The cup of the new covenant in remembrance of him Basking in its power, my future is no longer dim. It is the blood of Jesus. God is not blood-hungry. If you think about it, and it has been shown in some of the stories or movies, but vampirism is a dark twist to the truth that blood gives life. The blood of Jesus gives eternal life. The blood of Jesus redeems us from sin And gives us forgiveness by it we can enter into the Holy of Holies into the presence of God this we find in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus you got connections by your relationship with Jesus Christ you have now been connected reconciled to the father You are never alone. You are part of the family of God. You've got brothers and sisters all over the world. Take a moment and let the Spirit of God within you speak to you and show you that you are connected. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. The healing power that comes from being loved in a family is phenomenal. The simple touch of a hand or the warmth of a genuine embrace, the smile of a loved one, all these things are some of the greatest painkillers in the world. And then there is the embrace we feel through the Spirit of God. To feel the weight of his glory, of his presence upon us, renders our worries and fears, null and void. To consider the love of Jesus and what he endured for us brings me to tears. He paid the price we could not pay. He was the ransom that freed us from sin and death. He is the cure for the blood virus of sin. Now that my introduction is finished, I can get to the topic of my podcast, the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. As I said in the introduction, it's not a ritual. As the children of Israel observed Passover each year and the Day of Atonement, they connected with God through these observances to receive the blessings they bestowed. As we receive communion, which should be done regularly, we also can receive the blessings it bestows. So what good is it to eat a piece of bread or a wafer and sip a bit of juice or wine? It does sound like a ritual, but it is a remembrance of the death of Jesus. We find this in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. As I mentioned earlier, when the word mentions the death of Jesus, it is a reference to his sacrifice for sin. So as we eat this bread of the Lord's Supper, And drink this cup of the Lord's Supper, we are preaching or declaring to ourselves the truth about his sacrifice. What exactly did the sacrifice of Jesus offer us? We find this in the prophecy of the Messiah in Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. In verse 4, it says, He bore our griefs. In most translations, this word grief is translated as sickness or disease. It is the physical side of our lives, while the word sorrows implies the mental side of our lives. Jesus became acquainted with our sicknesses and our sorrows, and better yet, he carried them away. He took the punishment of sin upon himself that sin that causes sickness and sorrow. In verse 5 it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. If you have never watched the movie The Passion, I highly recommend it. I know a lot of people find it difficult to watch the section where he is beaten. But the truth of the matter is, the movie doesn't even come close to showing the torture and beating he went through. The images of a little blood trickling down his face from the crown of thorns is almost insulting to what Jesus actually went through. Consider what it says in Isaiah 52 verse 14, which gives a preview of what the Messiah would look like after his torture. As many were astonied or astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Unfortunately, there has been confusion between the Jewish whippings of thirty nine lashes save one, and Roman whippings, which had no limit. A Roman soldier could whip a person to death if they so chose to do so. The Jews were limited to 40 lashes, and they typically deleted one because if they went too far, they themselves would be whipped 40 times. So the saying is, 39 lashes save one. Our Lord and Savior was brutalized by a large number of Roman soldiers for about 40 hours. At the end of that torture, it says, his visage, his face, was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. As he hung up on the cross, when people gazed at him, their question wasn't, who is that, but more likely, what is that? His whole body was brutalized and bleeding. I do not dwell on these details to be gruesome, but for you to recognize he took everything upon himself so that you don't have to endure sickness and sorrows. He has paid the price for our sin, and we are redeemed, we are set free, and now we are seated at the right hand of God in Christ. So in the future, as you take communion, and you receive the piece of bread or the wafer, remember that his body was tortured to free your body from torture. As you drink the juice or the wine, remember that your sins have been wiped away, cleansed completely, His sacrifice has brought you into a perfect relationship with the Father. It says so in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. His sacrifice, his offering has perfected us forever. What do you think you can accomplish by any sacrifice you might try to make to bring yourself into the presence of the Father. You cannot do anything that Jesus has not already accomplished in His sacrifice. So quit trying to be good and recognize He has perfected you. He has made you complete. The observance of Holy Communion really is a big deal. Receiving Holy Communion can bring healing and deliverance to your heart and soul. There are times when I take it daily and I meditate upon Galatians 2.20 as I do so. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He loved you and gave himself for you. Ponder that. Realize how precious you are to your Lord and Savior. He was willing to endure all that torture to bring you into the presence of the Father. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, What more can I say about this wonderful remembrance? Do it more often comes to mind. Take time to bask in the love of your Savior. Give thanks to Jesus for his mercy and grace. Really consider the moment of each element of communion as you receive it. In the section of Scripture, it admonishes us to examine our hearts to be able to receive the service worthily. So come into this moment with forgiveness in your heart towards anyone who has wronged you. Ask for forgiveness for anyone or anything that you may have done. Expect to receive healing and peace and joy as you observe the Lord's Supper. Blessings be to you, and go in peace.